Hi, I'm Peter Risco, and welcome to my podcast, The Dragon's Lair. Our goal is to educate and inspire you to take your business to the next level by connecting you with life-changing opportunities. We believe that every entrepreneur has that potential. So whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or just starting out, join us as we delve into the dragon's lair. Let's explore new horizons and create a better future together. I'm a self-made entrepreneur that's built a successful funding company on Wall Street. Coming from nothing, I understand how hard it is to build financial freedom. Each week on the dragon's lair, I will give you advice that's helped me slay these dragons. Welcome to the dragon's lair. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Dragon's Lair. I'm your host, Wall Street Pete. I'm over here. uh, We're broadcasting out of St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands. I have a very special guest on with me today, Mr. Nate Barger. Amazing guy. Very brilliant with real estate. He practices the BRRR method, the Burr method. And I'm very happy to have him on here with you guys so, you know, he can introduce himself and give you guys some tips as far as um man thank you so much for having me wall street pete what's up brother everything is good man everything is good it's again a pleasure to meet you i tell you i heard some really good things i was looking over your instagram i like what you do you're out here you know making moves and showing people about it not keeping the information to yourself you're you're giving it out there and that's very important because you know a lot of people that are out here are lost and they're just looking for the yeah. right type of guidance so so tell everybody you know, who's Nate Barger? So, man, I, I'm just a normal person just like you guys, man, that has been um, successful in real estate. But, you know, it didn't always start off that way. You know, I grew up in kind of just, man, blue-collar alcoholic family. My mom was a stay-at-home alcoholic. My dad was a – he was gone all the time. He wasn't around. He was an alcoholic. And, um, you know, man, it just got traumatized when I was a kid. I was like four years old, and my dad hung me over this a cliff by my ankles, and I thought he was going to kill me. Oh, man. You know, Tough love, and right? so that gave me, yeah, I mean, you know, it just, he drunk and thinking that's funny, but four-year-old kid, I don't understand he playing around. I thought he, you know, you, you think you're going to die. And so I think that did something to me because I start pissing in the bed after that, and I ain't stopped pissing in the bed till I was, you know, like 11, man. Kids used to come over, you know, they, they me and my brother shared a room. They sit down and, you know, they hear the plastic on the mattress, right? Oh, man, yeah. Well, you, listen, you remember that? I, I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah. That was kind of embarrassing, so I told him it was my brother's bed. I was like, yeah, it's my brother's bed. <laughs> you know, I had to, hey, I had to I had throw to him under the bus, that man. One off. <laughs> yeah. I had to slide that one off. Yeah, that ain't me. And so, you know, man, I just kind of grew up in a, in a really, it was a neighborhood that really got impacted hard by when crack came in okay. in, a, in the late 80s and early 90s. And, um, you know, my parents, I'm like, man, y'all should have moved, but it, it, they didn't know. And then, you know, we didn't have no money. So, you know, um, I got sent away to military school or a children's home oh. right around that time. And when I got out, man, I met some people in there from some even worse neighborhoods than me. And I started selling dope. Ah, well. So, you know, by the time I was 16, I had two dope houses. And by the time I was 17, they kicked one of them in. I caught my first felony, got probation. By the time I was 18, I caught another case. Three times balked, end up going to prison. I was out 56, 57 days, caught another case, went right back to prison. And um, I, I just, you know, I'm 22 years old. I got four felonies. Um, and I'm walking around a track with this guy. 
This guy the name was he was from Ohio too. I was I was in the state pen. And um he told me, he said, Man, you know, my buddy got busted. And I was like, Man, we all got busted. That's why we in here. And uh, I said, What'd he get busted with? And he was like, 13 tons of weed. And I just grabbed his shoulder. I was like, Man, you know how much weed I could sell? Because at the time I was I was I was selling, you know, I was selling crack. And so um, you know, man, I, I just you know, I dreamed about it. You know, you dream about getting a plug like that. Yep. And well, when he got when he got out of jail, he uh, I got out before him. He got me out maybe a year after me. But you know, we ain't had phones. This is a, the mid nineties. We ain't have really phones back then. We had pagers, but then when you go to jail, you ain't got no number. Yeah. So I gave my mom's number. My mom called me one day. She said some guy named Chris from Columbus called, and I called him. And he was like, "You ready?" And we huh. went down there to Austin and. Man, they gave us like ninety six pounds. Oh, man. Drove it back, man. I sold, I sold that, and man, you know, less than a day. Took them their money back, and then they, you know, gave me two hundred, and then they start plugging us, bringing us up three hundred pounds a week. And so, uh, you know, I was looking for something to do, though. I was lost. I didn't want to sell drugs, man, but I didn't know what else to do. It was the only thing I knew. I had four felonies. Nobody was going to give me a job, and so um, I just. Man, tried everything I tried, Pete. Everything I tried, I failed at, man. I tried a rim and tire shop. I tried, uh, man, just so many different businesses. Probably 25 different businesses I failed at. I finally got one that was halfway successful. It was a, a roofing company. Okay. And, and when I say halfway, all I was doing was factoring, kind of what you're doing, yep. factoring invoices. So um, basically, I, had, I, w- I, would, I would subcontract. Then I had these Jamaican guys that would do the roofs. And they did about $10,000 a, a week. I, t- I scraped 20% off. Like, I just controlled all the checks. So I would, I would cash them out, and then I would wait on a 30-, 45-day nets, and I would just get the money like that. So I was making a little bit of money, but as a kid in my mid-20s that's used to making a lot of money, man, you know, making $100,000 a year wasn't really worth it to oh, me. I, and so I was like, I'll man, that ain't that worth it. I in a day in the streets, so, yeah, I know. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, literally, if I'm getting a pack back, I was making about $242,000 profit off of uh, 330 pounds because I was started getting my stuff from AZ. Oh, you know, it was a yeah. lot better than the Texas weed. And, yeah, we was getting we was getting 1600 a pound for that. And I was getting it for 575 So we was, you know, we was making money back then. Yeah, yeah, um, no. Listen, but, you know. The pot game was big, man. I used to grab, like, I don't know, maybe like 50 to 100 pounds a week at some time. We were getting it from Canada. It was the hydro they called yep. it at the time. It was hydro. Yeah. But that wasn't yeah, really yeah. my thing. I used to sell a lot of cocaine. And I, was, yep. I yep. was running through like 100 kilos a month, man. I was crazy when I was a kid. Oh, how old bro, you? you was killing it. How old are you? Yeah, you was. How old are you, Nate? Uh, I'm, I'm 47, brother. I was 43. So I'm talking back in 2001, 2, 3, 4, 5. And that's when I went away. Um, And then, yeah, like I said, you know. For me, I know, though I know how the fast how fast that money comes in. I know how fast it goes yeah. out, also. So, so, you know, you you know, you know, because when it seems like you start having problems, the problems don't stop, Mm-mm. and then it, it ain't just lawyers and yeah, it's everything. It's lawyers, it's bond, it's cars, it's people, you know, losing packs, and then it's everything, man. Lawyers, everything for feels like it's the, getting in trouble. Yeah, uh, yeah, bond, bond for them in Jersey. So, man, I took. About about 2004, um, man, it was this attorney called Clayton Napier, and he's he passed, he's dead, man. He died from cancer, but 
I took him $80,000, man. That was paperback. I said, man, I need to retain you. He said, for what? I said, I don't know. Just in case. Yeah, just in case. He was like, I can't take that. I got I to gotta write down anything over 10 grand, and I know your family. You're good for it. Um, but I just remember at that time, the last time that I had peace was when I was in prison. And so I was like, I didn't even have a charge, but I was like, man, if I could just do like three years or five years, man, and then know that I'm coming out clean. Sometimes, and that's the craziest thing. I'm like, I didn't even have a charge. No, I know I had the, you, when I was away, I was the same thing. I was like, man, you know what? All right. They gave me everything they're going to give me. Now I can cl- have a kind of clean break from this. I look at all the time mm-hmm. I did as I got saved because I might've gotten killed out there. I mean, a lot yeah. of my friends, a lot yeah. of the people I ran with, they, you know, they're not here or they're off doing life sentences. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Nah, same here, man. That was right there. 2005, my friend got shoot up, shoot out with the police, got killed. Oh, you guys that are was in Ohio. Right when I was everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. But you know, that was everything you going through this. But then by then I had a nightclub. I'd become a bad alcoholic. I was Ooh. drinking real bad. I got DUIs every couple months, man. I had a good attorney who would beat them all for me. But, you know, I was just, I was a mess, man. I was a mess, man. I probably had, you know, 50 arrests, man. I would get arrested. I mean, I never didn't have a court case. And um, that's because I was a different person when I was drinking. And so, man, one day, man, I just cried out to God, man. It changed my life. He showed me real estate. And I was 29 years old, and I just met my wife. Well, who's my wife now? And, um, man, she just really helped me, man, get sober. And she gave me the stability. Because, you know, when you're in the streets, you you need somebody stable. You know what? You're not stable. And she gave me that, the stability I needed. And so from 2005 to 2010, man, I was grinding. I got up to, like, 250 units. I had a 54-acre junkyard. I had industrial buildings. I went bankrupt, man. I lost everything. Really? I was over leveraged. I had all kinds of equipment finance. The market crashed. Um, tenants, you couldn't replace them. And um, I just was like, 2010, like, what am I going to do? I can either sell drugs. Nobody's going to give me a job. Or I can figure this real estate stuff out. And I was like, man, I ain't selling drugs again. I got a family now. I, yeah, I can't leave them. That's you know? not even on the table. That's it, not even an option. In my opinion, it wasn't an option. And that's why I told people like, man, I'll go to McDonald's and scrub toilets. Like, I don't even care, but I don't think McDonald's would hire me. (laughs) And so I just, I just grinded. I just, I called my partner, Mike, who's my partner, Mike Ely. He does social media too. I said, Mike, I need your help, man. I said, well, what's going on? He had lost everything in like 2002. I said, man, blah, 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 blah. You know, I got all these banks and all that. And he starts laughing. And, man, I wanted to punch him, man, because, you know, I'm pouring my heart out to him. He said, man, it sounds like a great opportunity. I said, man, what do you, sound, what do, what do you mean a great opportunity? And he started telling me, he said, look, man, we're going to come in. He's like, you control the asset. We're going to file this paperwork. We're going to put this pressure on the banks. We're going to take these properties or buy them for pennies on the dollar. And um, that's what we did, man. We ended up, he ended up helping me get through the bankruptcy. I went bankrupt. I came out of bankruptcy in 2013. I just called my attorney. I said, man, when can you get this bankruptcy over, man? I'm out here getting money. Yeah, you should be good now. It's about 10 years. No, man, bro, I got over $250 million in real estate now. I wasn't thinking about that bankruptcy. <laughs> like, listen, man, when you a hustler, you're, you're going to make excuses anyway. or you're going to make money. Huh? You're going to get it no matter what. 
One way or the other. You yeah, you're going to get it, man. Look, the very next year, brother, I bought 28% of all the multifamily that traded in Cincinnati. With wow. a 400 credit score, with, with, with no t- tax returns, with no money. What I learned was I was really good at finding deals, really good at renovating them, really good at managing them. What I didn't have, I didn't have credit. I didn't have tax returns, and I didn't have any money. So it's like when you're in the streets, you're like, oh, cool. All I got to do is find somebody that's got money, credit, and tax returns that believes in me. Just put it together. Made it happen. By the end of 2015, brother, I had over 35000 a month in passive income. I had enough to retire. Oh, man, amazing. And, um, yeah, man, so every everything you hit in life, it just seems hard. Like, right now, we, we got, man, I got 130 acres we developing. That's a $100 million project. Got a $150 million project down in Florida we building. I got Marriott Hotels, Hilton Hotels, IHG Hotels, uh, probably 15, 1,600 apartment units. Look, man, you know, if you don't give up, it'll give it to you. And I ain't going to tell you it was easy. Every day I felt like giving up, like literally. Like Pete, every day, man, I felt like giving up. I know the feeling. People like, did you? So you know what I did? One day it was 4 o'clock, and I was like, man, I got five minutes to breathe. And for them five minutes, all I could think about was giving up. And I said, that's it. I'll never give you another five minutes to think about giving up again. Man, I feel my schedule so full from the time I woke up to the time I got done, went to fall asleep at night with the computer in my hand, like, and, 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 and worked. And that was that grind for 30 months, man. I didn't stop. I didn't stop. And after that, I looked up and the dust had settled. Man, and, and that's when it was like, wow. You know, I need to take a break because I was burnt out, but I had enough passive income where I could do that. Yeah, yeah. And so what I... Passive income. So when I, when I learned this stuff, Pete, I really wanted to give it to people, but I didn't really know it in 2015 well enough. It wasn't until a few years later that I really started understanding the tax code and cap rates and, man, everything. I understand everything about construction. I um, read so much everything about even raising capital, PPM, 506 uh, Bs and Cs, and now I syndicate capital. And I just show people, man, like – how to do deals like where you really get wealthy at is knowing where to buy. It's not the cash flow. I could care less about the cash flow. I care about where are we going to buy at? Why are we buying here? What's happening in this area? What's, I, we look at real estate the same way that Warren Buffett looks at stocks. And that's what we buy. That's a smart move, though. You know, you got a good strategy and it's working well. I mean, congratulations on all your success, though, Nate. It's not easy to climb nah, out of hell. Thank you, brother. You too, man. It's not easy to climb nah. out of hell. I tell everybody this all the time. You know, you got to just keep pushing. Either you keep pushing or die. That's that's how I look at it. Yeah. I'm not going to stop. and I'm not going to give up. So it's just got to push forward. You know, no matter what gets thrown in my way, just got to run through these brick walls as hard as you can. Sometimes you got to back up and that's right. charge at it again. But when I first came in yep. the MCA space, I mean, listen, I was 37. I had no clue this business existed. I knew cars. Mm-hmm. I knew how to sell drugs. That's what I knew growing up. It was a product that I was able to sell that I only had to have three customers. I picked and chose who I dealt with. I didn't really – it was it was just a different kind of product. When I decided yeah. that I was never going to deal with that industry again, that I was like, I have to figure out how to sell products that everybody else is selling to – 
the you know to a regular consumer and i went yeah, i went yeah. into the used car business for that and i started learning how to get people to buy off of emotions and just mm. the way a deal flow goes from start to finish and it really prepared me for when i seen the merchant cash advance industry like fall at my feet i was like i know exactly what to do with this and i looked up and said thank you god for this because if I didn't know what I knew from the car business, I wouldn't be able to have applied that to this industry because it runs parallel. You know, with the car mm -hmm. business, you got a customer, you call him, he's from Arizona and you're in Jersey and he says, I'm not flying out there unless you guarantee that price. And again, as a car salesman, that this is the way that this business runs, you know, they do their marketing based on hoping that a guy from Arizona is like, oh, I want to see the cheapest car in the whole country. I'll pay a $300 plane ticket. I'm a savvy, smart guy. And then that guy mm -hmm. flies in and then winds up at my seat. And I got to convince this guy that he cannot take that Mercedes for that amount of money. It's just not possible. He should have known better. And I'm going to put him in a nice Honda Accord and send him on his way so he can drive back across the country instead of taking an Uber back to the airport and booking another flight. And again, that was the way that I was kind of thrown into the, into the pit to learn. That's what they do in the Russian, you know, all the Russian guys in, in Jersey and Brooklyn, they have their, their strategies mm -hmm. on low pricing, not all, but most. And this is what they do. They just get them into the seat and they hope that as these guys travel around to all of the different dealerships that have these low, super low prices, that eventually they're going to get worn down and they're going to sign at one. So maybe my customer mm -hmm. goes to yours, but yours comes to mine, and we all do the same thing because we know it's a revolving circle. These people are price shopping, so they're only going to go to the next one up yep. and the next one up, and it's everybody in the same network. So I learned those, those strategies, and I was like, oh, man, this is kind of how it is with Merchant Cash Advance because these guys are expecting bank rates, like literally bank rates, and they don't qualify for them. But you can't tell them yep. they don't qualify. You have to show them why they don't qualify. You have to do it in a nice, mm -hmm. respectful way that makes them not resent you for giving them the hard truth. Instead, it mm -hmm. makes them respect you because you're not going to waste their time or your own time by misleading them. I'd rather lose a deal than lie to a customer. For me, and I teach all yeah, guys, absolutely. I say, guys, listen, at the end of the day, three, three weeks a month is going to pass. I'm still here. I'm not leaving this industry. So for me, I don't want to ever have to stand on, you said ABC, it's going to be blue, and now it's three weeks later and it's green. I'm not with all mm -hmm. that. For me, it's like I'd rather yeah, just let yeah. the deal pass. I'll see you in a month, pop back up on my desk from another broker, and then I'll call you and say, what happened? What happened? You told me you had to figure it out. What is this deal? Why'd you take this? Oh, Pete, they lied, to, but I told you they were lying to you. <laughs> now you want to listen to me? Great. No problem. Yep. But now it's going to be that much harder for somebody to pull them away from me because now I've let them go. They see that what I said was facts. I wasn't here to lie to them. And now they don't like, they have yeah. a bad taste in their mouth for the rest of the people. So for me, it kind of works in my benefit that I go at it that way. But I tell you, I came yeah. in the business. Now you, you already know, Pete, when you see that, when you see that, that person you let go a week ago, they calling you back. You say, man, I already know what they All right, Hold on, man. Let me get this money. I know, man. I'm, hey, what's up, bro? What's going on? No hard feelings. You know, you were trying yep. to go get a better option. I told you to get a better option. Obviously, the better option didn't come through. I'm still here and can stand on my offer. 
And I mm-hmm. didn't know this business till I was 37, bro. I tell you, life changing, overnight life changing. I moved my office. I moved, got an office down on Wall Street by myself, 11, 12, 13 hours a day, six days a week. And on Sundays, I'm always on my phone. It's just mm-hmm. for me, it's like I, I, I found a way to legally print money. And this is all I've ever asked for out of life was, you know, health for me and my family and a way to just make millions without really having to break a sweat. And this right Mm -hmm. here, I've been very successful in, not as successful as you was with this real estate, but you know, I'm on your heels, Nate. I'm on your heels. Come on, Pete. You, you crushing it, man. (laughs) But you crushing it, brother. But man, if you want to do the real estate, man, I give you the game, bro. I give you the game, man. I'm telling you now, I was looking so forward to talking with you because I said, this guy already made it happen. And I love getting advice from people who've made it happen because I have access to a lot of people in my network, whether some are very famous, some are very wealthy. Um, For me, I raise money for merchant cash advances where my syndicators, Mm -hmm. they're not investors, they're syndicators. They syndicate the money. There's no promise of return. They understand what they're getting into. Sometimes these businesses flop. Not usually, but sometimes they do, and it is what it is. So, But they understand the rewards that come with it, that 14,000% ROI on day one. And they're like, you know, I'll go into this. For me, that's not an issue. I'm looking into now starting to get into some of these real estate projects where I can get a little equity share by putting and piecing the deal together. And for me, that – that can be like a passive type of income because I can put deals together no matter where I'm at. Cause I have a lot of people with money around me that they're like, Pete, I'm already in real estate. I just like to diversify in a little high risk stuff with you. So if I were to bring yep. them a deal, they're going to take a double look at it because I'm already bringing the money from the MCA space, which is not easy because nobody really likes to take people's money. There's just, you know, our money flips so fast that it's like, ah, I'll just use my own. But me, I like other people to eat with me. I'm, you know, I get more, I get happier with that. I'm like, look, I'll just take my management fees off of it. You make that money. I'll syndicate with it. And everybody makes money together. Because for me, there's just so many deals out here. Yeah, that's the way to do it, brother. <laughs> yeah, so many deals out here that it's like, like you know, I'm, I'm not into being greedy. I, I open up the door for people and then they open up other doors for me. So it's kind of like everybody does win-wins in my world. You know, if I can't mm-hmm. do win-win, I don't want to be part of it. At this point, in the yeah, league. that's it, man. So we can do it over and over and over again, brother. Don't mind me; I'm drinking margaritas, man. I've been, I've been waiting to get out here. Stuck in the winters in New York City is just, ugh, oh, oh man, man, that's brutal, brother. It's really nice. Yeah, we finally got. It's like 70, 80 degrees out today, man. We got some nice weather out. Yeah, they told me and, in New um, York, eighty degrees too. Yeah, but Pete, man, I mean, when you when you start to really understand real estate. You know, here's what the Burr method looks like. I'll give you an example. I got 145 yeah, rooms. So basically, now I started off buying $5,000 houses in the hood, right? But I found out that those houses don't really go up in value, so you don't really want them. You want some nice assets. You want to buy in the areas right before they get gendrified. Like, they gendrify in this street, you want to buy the next street over. Got it. You want to buy maybe a year before they start even gentrifying that street. Um, and once you do that, you're buying in areas. I'll give you an example. I got one right now that 
uh, uh, I bought for forty thousand dollars back in twenty sixteen. It's worth four hundred and fifty thousand now if I renovated it, but it's not renovated, so it's probably worth two fifty. Wow. You know, so you just buy in areas like that over and over and over. When you buy the right assets, I got a portfolio that um, my controller just called me small portfolio, 10 houses and two, two families said, hey, these loans are due. Um, and when we did them five years ago, I had already owned them. I just refinanced them, pulled 300,000 cash out. Now, when you pull that 300,000 cash out, you don't have to pay no taxes yeah, on tax it because it's a loan. Yeah, so this time now, the values have went up so much and the rents went up, I'm pulling 832000 out. Tax-free. So every five years, you just go pull money out. The same method that we use is buy. You don't need money. You don't need a lot of money. You buy, you renovate, you rent, refinance, repeat. And I'm going to give you an example. So I bought a Courtyard Marriott Hotel. And it's the same method we use to buy small stuff. $7 million. It's a 145-room hotel. The cost to rebuild, that's about $220,000 a key, which would put it north of $30 million if you built that thing new. So we're well below replacement cost, which is good. We're in an area that has a lot of new jobs coming in that are going to need more hotels, which is good. Um, there's not a lot of land around. It's right up by Ohio State University. Not a lot of land around, so you can't just go buy land and build something. Even if you did, you and yours for $30,000, i am going to be in mine for $12 million. Bought it for seven, put five million, five point two million dollars in a renovation, and when I get done, it's worth twenty million dollars, right? Wow. So I just created money out of thin air. I go back to the bank. I say, hey, I can service the debt on twenty million dollars. It's it's worth twenty million dollars. I need to borrow seventy five percent of that, which is fifteen million. So I walk away with two point five, two point eight million dollars cash. Pay free. off the first loan, got a new loan, and still got cash flow coming in. So let's say I'm valuing that building at 8%. I'm borrowing the money at 6 And let's say I get an interest only. That means I'm making two points spread on the bank's money, which is $15 million. I'm making two points on that. You know what that is, right? Two points a year, that's $300,000. Yeah. Then I got the $5 million that I didn't tap that I used as equity. I'm making 8% on. That's $400,000, man. I'm making $700,000 cash flow on a property that I have zero in. That have already pulled out two and a half million. So I got two and a half million out, and I'm getting fifty, sixty thousand dollars a month in cash. Bro, I need this one property. I need to get with this, man. I gotta tell you, I want to open up a department of my office just for this because I got I can't miss out on this real estate. This is Pete, on top of that, brother, listen, that hotel is worth 20 million right now. That hotel is gonna be worth 25, 26, 27 million in the near future. You know why? Because they just put, they're putting in the largest single private development in the history of the United States in Columbus, Ohio. It's a $100 billion chip plant. To put that in perspective, the largest development, private development that's ever went on in New York City, guess what it was? In Manhattan, it was $25 billion, and that was Hudson Yard. So I think drive about, through Hudson Yards every day on my way to the office. That's $25 billion. They got something four times that size. Intel's building a mega plant up there. They're bringing all the chips back from China, and they picked, that, they picked uh, uh, Columbus, Ohio, because of the tax incentives and because they have all the people coming out of Ohio State that they're already training up to go work over there. It's oh. going to create 10,000 jobs that are, that are going to pay, on average, $135,000 a year, 
but those that's that's a non-durable goods um and non-durable goods has about an eight to one ratio which means that for every one job they create it creates eight more so you're really creating ninety thousand new jobs in an area that's already got a shortage of housing a shortage of hotels for every two new jobs you create you need one new property so there's they're short 30,000 properties already. They're about to be short 75,000 units. How can you put units on the ground if the cost to build them costs so much more than the existing inventory? And once you master this and then you master the cash out refis and then you master the it's called makers, the modified adjusted cost recovery system. You 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 figure the tax code out and you understand why Donald Trump doesn't pay taxes. Once you understand that, man, you got a printing press. You just go down in the basement. Anytime you want to print money, just go do it. Now, I ain't going to tell you it don't take time and energy and effort away from you. But essentially, you figure this stuff out. It's like figuring out, you know, dope back in the 90s and how to cut it and how to cook it and everything else. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%, man. Listen, I got to tell you a lot of the rules, a lot of the things that I've learned in the streets that, I mean, you can apply to business. I mean... A lot. Yeah, they transfer uh, right over. Not everything, but there's a lot. A lot of things are very transferable. And, you know, for me, it's like I take everything as with a grain of salt. It was an experience. That's, you know, yeah. good or bad, it was an experience, and I have to learn from it. And I really mm-hmm. I really want to find a way to get into this, these bigger real estate projects because that's where you can print money, which is what I like to do. And you can do it with – really not putting much out of pocket again, especially if there's opportunities to raise the money or the down payments. And then you can play around and work with the banks because for me, I love the method. What you do, I'm telling you, I would love to get in it because that's my kind of game. Put in yep. some money, raise, increase the value, pull out some money, get your investors all their itself. capital back. Get yeah. You, you do that. You get all your investors capital back. After you do the renovation, you get the revaluation and our investors stay in a deal. You know, we give them equity. We get all the money back. They get their money back first. And I don't get, I work on commission like you. I don't get a single dollar until I make something happen for my investor. Bro, Same way you do, right? I tell everybody. That's when you believe in yourself and you're a true hustler, man. You're getting out here and making it happen. I tell everybody we eat what we kill. That's it. We're in the jungle yeah. hunting. And if we don't come back with a lion, well, we ain't going to eat. It's just that simple. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, yeah, yeah. you're like-minded. And I tell you, you just opened up my eyes today with a couple of things. I mean, I've been hearing all about the real estate. A lot of my partners jump in it. But what they do is they jump in other people's projects. And again, yes, when you're living in Puerto Rico, paying no taxes, making three, four million a month, it it's cool. Me, I'm trying to hit mm-hmm. those levels. So I need to get into deals where I can put in bring in equity by me putting this together, putting that together and connecting it and making it happen. And then I can jump and use that to borrow against that and then jump in another project. It's, you know, this is just, again, these big properties are right up my lane. This is the kind of stuff I'm very interested in learning more about. So maybe I'll come, uh, maybe I'll come partner up with you on a deal or two in Ohio, man. I would love it. it man, good. let me know. We buy properties all over the country, man. Hotels we can manage from anywhere. Um, and, you know, we like the ones with, with good flags, Hilton, Marriott, IHG. Really would like to get an Intercontinental, man. That's kind of, I ain't going to say I got a goal, but I like to own an Intercontinental. That's pretty cool. I, I was, maybe, uh, maybe the one down in, maybe the one down in uh, Puerto Rico, right? 
I went down to the I went down to Vegas. Well, I went out to Vegas um, in January, and I went because I wanted to go look at some property that the Trumps own. They own the big Trump uh, Plaza, Inter- Trump International, and mm-hmm. I want to buy. I was looking to buy a, a unit. They sell the. It's like a condo slash hotel, and they rent it out for you and they manage it. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to go see how Vegas was. I never been out there. And when I got out there, I liked it. And I was like, you know, this is pretty cool. The wall of people reminds me of New York City before COVID. Like when you just walk outside and you're just so many oh, yeah. people yeah. constantly coming. And it's all different people all the time. They just a constant flow yep. of new people. And I seen that in Vegas. And I never really seen that anywhere else. And I was just like, man, this place is never going to die. It's just not. People are just going to constantly. No, I mean, they got like 40 million people a, a, a year, yep. like a million people a week that's coming in there. Coming that's in. crazy. And I said, you they know, just coming in to, they just coming in to drop money. Boom. Yeah. yeah they're going to just spend gamble and have fun, sports, casinos, women, you know, whatever it is, they're out there. They come from LA all over California. You got the surrounding States. I just was really yeah. shocked at what I saw. And I was no, like, it's beautiful out there, man. I was like, let me go and see the numbers. But when I ran the numbers based on the the building, it just didn't work for what I was looking to do. Those are more like if you have a bunch of money sitting and you just want to park it somewhere where it's going to be safe. Yeah, that's asset preservation. Yeah, you buy that and then they yeah. just they cover like you're going to wind up covering the taxes and the maintenance. But you're not going to cover a mm-hmm. mortgage. If you own it outright, it's good because it keeps itself afloat and you got that asset and you got you know a good stamp like the Trump's you know, booking it, cleaning it, managing it, maintaining it. But for me, what I was looking to do with it, it wasn't going to be beneficial. I was going to, you know, it just wasn't going to work for what I was looking for. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it was a great trip. You know, we went out there. We went we drove through the desert. I brought my wife and kids. We drove out to L.A. I seen a client there, uh, you know, got a, did a couple of deals. I got my one of my big one of my big whales back. He had gotten himself like 14 million in PPP all forgiven and he was wow yeah i helped him funny story crazy story again a lot of crazy stories but this one is a a great crazy story some kids were brokers they 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 brought the customer to me i had a good reputation in the industry for consolidating people that were over leveraged to kind of keep them able to manage their payments so they can keep pushing forward instead of defaulting on the business so these guys Mm -hmm. brought the guy to me it was actually one kid he had his friends in the background. I didn't know who they were. So the kid brings the deal to me. I go and I get him a $1.2 a $1. million approval from one of my partners, a friend of mine. And the guy had what we call stacked. The broker had made the guy take four deals at the same time simultaneously so nobody knew the wiser. So each funder thought they were going 250 into the deal and they were the only one. Whereas that was getting magnified, mm. five, multiplied four times. So what happened wow. was they promised them in three weeks they were going to get a term loan and, and consolidate it and get rid of it, everything, and push the can down the road. They only wanted them 30 days because they wanted their commissions to clear. In our business, if you got more than 30 days, they can't claw back the commission. If they default in less, then they claw back your commission. So these guys were making about 10% on that deal. So they got the guy a million bucks. They got a hundred grand from the funder. But they also charged the customer, the owner of the business, a hundred grand, ten percent fee. So they made two hundred grand off of this deal. Now they tried mm-hmm. to bring it to me to consolidate, where they would have made another 
120 off of the consolidation because it was like 1.2 we owed at the time. And I would have, they would have charged the customer another 100 grand. So they would have made 240. And I was okay with this. I said, listen, I'm going to split the commission with you dead in the middle. You take your half, I take my half, and I'm going to push it through my platform because I have the relationship with the guy. When you start getting to them million dollar deals, the funders get a little funny because they're very concerned that you're just trying to get your commission and you're going to leave them holding mm-hmm. a big bag and then they can't get you to get to collect to collect the clawback. The the customers out in the wind and you know they just get very nervous because it's it's unsecured money. You would, you know, mm-hmm. you want to feel confident that you're dealing with a broker that that you know is going to has integrity. That's not just looking to make his money and, and who cares about your bag. Because I tell you, as a funder myself now, I could care less about the commission. I care about the – I don't care about the five grand commission I pay somebody, a broker. I care about the 50 I gave that 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 merchant. I'm worried about losing yeah, the 50, yeah. not the five. The brokers, they just – Yeah, yeah. No, you want to protect your investors, man. That's everything in this industry, man. So what happened was the guy came – Came to me, was like, yo, I don't know what to say. I can't handle these payments. I only make 500K a month. It's killing me. So I got them consolidated. We sent the contracts. As soon as they found out where the contracts were coming, these guys tried to backdoor me. They called the funder directly. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, this file, that's not Pete's file. It's our file. We're going to deal with you directly or the guy's not going to take the money. We control the client. So my buddy was like, all right, cool, no problem. So he took the guy's docs. He funded the guy. He called me and said, hey, Pete, that deal, remember, those guys backdoored you. I'm not paying them. I'm paying you because you were the original one that submitted it. You're the one that got all the docs collected, and I trust you. He said, here's the guy's phone number. Please call the merchant. Deal with him directly and let him know not to deal with these guys anymore. So I called up the merchant. I said, listen, this is what it is. These guys, you know, they put you in a bad situation. They're trying to put you in another bad one. He's like, Pete, you know how much they're trying to charge me in fees? 120000 I gave them the 100 last time. I'm like, yeah, yeah, forget about that. I'm waiving that fee. I'm not charging you any fee. I said, what I'm going to do is don't pay them anything. Let, them, let their lawyers call me because I'm going to show you how you get out of that. So I helped the guy not have to pay them the 120 The commission went to me. The guys were furious. They're calling me up, threatening me, screaming and yelling. I said, listen, guys, I'm down here. My address is 30 Broad Street. Now it's 40 Wall. But at the time, my address was 30 Broad Street. I said, you're free, more than free to come down here any day you want. I'm always by myself. It's never an issue. And, mm-hmm. you know, you shouldn't have did what you did. You did it. You got caught. And now I'm taking Yeah, you it. had to pay for it. I said, I'm taking the deal. Yep. I'm going to go buy me some nice shoes. I'm putting that money in my pocket, and I'm not giving you anything. And then they start telling me, oh, Pete, how about you just give us a quarter? I said, I'm not giving you nothing. Zip zero. You'll yeah, never get yeah. a nickel from me after what you did. So I mm-hmm. took that client, <clears throat> consolidated, and we pushed it down the road. And I actually wound up helping the guy triple his revenue over the next, like, three, four months. He would take wow. more, he would take injections. I would get the guy a million bucks at a time. He was a staffing firm. He would take that million dollars, put it in his bank account, and then go to these big warehouses and say, I'm going to do your staffing. I have liquid cash available to cover the next 30 days until your net 30s come in. Because all his customers cared about was way they can log into his bank right now and see he's liquid to cover their payrolls for those mm. people for the next 30 days. 
He was making double wow. his money. So he didn't care about paying half of that to us because he's he's looking at it the right way. Like, so what I pay 50 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what can you do with the I'm money? I'm making 200 So What can you do with the money? What can you do without the money? Correct. So we got the guy up. Now he's doing $100 million a year. Amazing. I mean, he wound up getting that's 14, awesome, brother. He wound up getting 14 million PPP. They waived it. Wow. He used it for the right purposes. And now he's like, hey, Pete, when I went out to see him in L.A., he was like, Pete, man, I'm so I'm so grateful to you. I really appreciate yeah. what you did. Like what you want. He said, like, Pete, he got you, he got your back, man. Yeah. He said, Pete, is there any way that we can do some stuff to make money together? I said, listen, you can send me a hundred grand. I'll put it on the street and syndicate and your money will flip. And he was like, Pete, done. I said, but let me ask you this. You're you're sure there's no way that you can take some of our cash and use it to do stuff? And he was like, you know, Pete, the PPP money's kind of running low. So it doesn't look that good when I show these my clients anymore. He said, now it's kind of back to cycling the cash flow. He said, what, can I start taking a million bucks again from you? And I was like, fuck yeah, of course. He said, but I can't pay those mm-hmm. those costs. It doesn't work for me anymore. I said, no, listen, I'll get you a much different deal this time because we have a long history of, you know, every other month giving you a million bucks. I made a lot of money off. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm giving them the million bucks. I'm doing it at half what I used to charge them, but I'm still making a, a significant amount of money and I syndicate the money. So I put it into the deal. So it turns itself over another 30 percent on it. And I put my own money from the street in on the deal as well. So I put the commission in, a 50 grand commission. I put another 50 grand of my own money, and I turn that into 125, 130, because I'm giving him no, great deals. Awesome, it's not a 150 like a normal one, but he's not a normal client either, you know. So Yeah, yeah. Nah, man. You got, hey, he's less risk. You already know what he's going to do. Absolutely. So now I got him. You know, I've had a couple of clients that I funded so many times that have now bought my MCA broker bootcamp training course where now they're providing funding. They have set up their own shop and they have their own teams and I train their managers on how to, you know, find customers just like themselves because they understand it. They're like, Pete, I done paid so much in commissions to you. Forget about all the people in the years leading up to meeting you. It's like, you know, thank you for showing me this. This gives me a chance to make some of this money back. And I was like, dude, you guys don't understand. Like it's here for everybody. It's just, you know, Hey Pete. And and that's what you do, man. When you a hustler, man, you adapt or die. And you know, where we at now in this new age, we living in man, people crazy for going to college. They going to college for four years you literally can be a millionaire in four years if you take that same energy, just go out here and learn to hustle. Elon Musk says it best. College, you can get a college education from YouTube now. Don't get me wrong. Ten years ago, college was the only way you were getting any information out here. But now with the It was, yeah, yeah, especially 20 years ago. 20 years ago, really, even yes. Ten, even 10, because people were yep. not really using these smartphones for that purpose, they would use the smartphones yeah. for like emails, the Blackberries, then the iPhones. Yeah, yeah, the Blackberries, yep. Then the iPhones came out, what, about 15 years ago? I was away when that happened, but they came out about 15 yep. years ago. And it was the, the iPhone 3. It was big and goofy. Your fingers, I got fat fingers. So I liked the touch of the Blackberry. Then when the iPhone yeah. 4S came out, I finally got one. 
And I tell you, I never looked back. I started going on yeah. YouTube. I mean, everything I do, I teach myself. Kind. Of. I mean, I have people that show me and guide me, but I absorb it like a sponge, especially in MCA mm-hmm. because there's so much money going on here that nobody likes to give this information away. My first year, I didn't really make any money in this business. My The kids who came with me quit, and now they're back. They're in my big office now. I, I drag them back because, you know, we're friends – you know, we're, we're friends, lifetime friends. So they're like, Pete, man, you just kept with it. I'm like, yo, I seen, a, I seen, and I'm not stopping. You show me something that, that I can print money and I'm, I'm taking it to the moon. I don't know about you, but yeah, man, I'm just not going to stop. So, you know, hey, Pete, well, look, we, we, we're going to have to get together, man. They're telling me I got to wrap it up. Cause I got a six o'clock podcast. Ah, okay, man. I got to, I could talk to you all night, brother, but well, listen, Nate, if you can recommend one book for my guys, what would it be for an up-and-coming entrepreneur trying to get into the real estate business? Man, so I wouldn't even tell you that it's got to be a real estate book because, book. man, that's really the mindset. You know that. It's mindset, Pete. And what transformed my mind from being like um, just a person who thought about all this stuff to having a direct, clear path, not being emotional, Focus on exactly controlling a situation. The seven habits of highly effective people. I read it when Stephen. I was away. Stephen Covey. Amazing, brother. Thank yeah, you. by Stephen. I mean, you already know that's going to get you there. Like once you begin to control, once you understand the people around you, like, oh, I can't listen to them. That's a reactive person. I ain't listening to them. They're going to kill my energy, right? Nope. I need proactive people that's going to roll with me. Synergy. Me plus Pete equals how many people? 20. Because we're going to push it like that. I, I haven't had anybody say that book. I read that book when I was in programming. They made us read it, and that was an amazing book, bro. Nate, where can everybody find you at? Where can they follow you at? Uh, man, I got a Facebook page. is where I share most of my information. I break it all the way down. I show tax code. I show you how to do this. Look, you can be – I've had people become millionaires in seven months. Um, because once you get the information – Man, they, you know, everybody's going to execute it at different speeds. But Burr Invest on Facebook, that's buy, renovate, rent, refinance, repeat. You All take right. that one chunk of money. Imagine, Pete, if you took 30 grand, put down on a property. And when you get done renovating it, they give you 30 grand, maybe 40 grand back. No, I want to do another this. My one. kids are 18. I got twins. I just set them up companies, and I really want to get some property in it for them. I think this is going to be a great opportunity. I would love you to shoot me your phone number. I, I'm very easy to reach. I answer the phone all day. Um, shoot me your number so we can keep in touch on text. I would love to have you out in New York anytime you're coming. Might even pop up on you down there in Ohio if you got some deals that you want me to play around man, with. Man, I'd love to have I'd love to have you, man. We get deals down here all the time, but man, we want to do big deals, Pete. You got well, you I got a big, big personality, you got big money, you know big people, you need to be big pimping buying big deals. That's it, my brother. Listen, I'm gonna cut this. It was a pleasure, Nate. We love to have you on. My pleasure. My pleasure, Pete. I'll, uh, guys, follow Nate Barger, the Burr Man, the Burr Master. This guy is great. Thank you so much, Nate.